Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. Um, hope you're all doing wonderful and enjoying this beautiful Christmas season. Uh, remembering that really all our celebration during the Christmas season, it's all about celebrating the birth of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you're just enjoying the change of seasons. We're still in the um, fall season, still enjoying the beautiful changing of uh, the tree leaves, colors, and um, just a little bit colder weather. Uh, it's not winter. I think this year it's winter starts December 21st. But anyway, hope you're enjoying every minute of it and enjoying God's beautiful creations and your fellowship with one another. Um, so I'm continuing the teaching on the subject. I called it who and what is the Holy Spirit. Um, first thing I want to clarify is Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. Um, remember, we talked about this in the previous teaching. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend um, that you listen to that first before you listen to this teaching, because this is kind of building up on that. And we're going to be talking about the benefits of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but just to recap briefly, Holy Spirit is um, the Spirit of God. You know, there's three parts to God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> since it's a person, it's a spiritual person, it's the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit's role is to basically to teach us, to um, convict us when we do something wrong, to guide us, to speak to us, to give us wisdom and direction. Um, to help us when we need help, uh, to show us and to glorify God in our lives. And he bears us a witness and also to remind us of the things of God. So we're going to get into that deeper. Um, but some might say, okay, so how does that um, help me? Well, first of all, we talked about if you are truly, truly a follower of Christ, if you're truly saved, then God has already deposited the Holy Spirit in you. There's a mark, there's a seal on you that says you are the child of the most high god you have the holy spirit in you and that's guaranteeing your salvation and that's guaranteeing life after this physical death that you will live in eternity uh, with our father in heaven um <clears throat> so this teaching as i said i kind of wanted to get deeper into the things of the holy spirit um the, again, the benefits of having the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that he reveals things to us. And this is on 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12. It says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So to summarize, basically it's saying when you receive the Holy Spirit, right, the spirit of God in you, he pretty much gave you the, the wisdom, the um, the thoughts, let's put it that way, the thoughts of God in you, right, because his spirit now is in you. And um, also, there's um, other references that the Holy Spirit that says that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So let's say since you received salvation and you're a completely new creation in your spirit, right? Not in your mind, in your body. The mind is constantly changing, <laughs> um, hopefully being renewed by the word of God. But your spirit is, is a complete new creation, Um but it says since now you have received the Holy Spirit in you, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So in other words, just because I received the Holy Spirit doesn't mean now I'm perfect and I don't sin and I don't do or say the things that I shouldn't say or, you know, hurt people. So when I do that, I may still do that, right, in the flesh because I'm still living in a flesh and a world, in a worldly world. Uh, every now and then I may still sin and, um, you know, as they say, fall off the bandwagon. But... Um, you get back on basically, but it says when you do that, you're grieving, you're making the Holy Spirit that's in you sad, right? Um, and that's in Ephesians 4 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, another scripture talks about that the Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus, um, for whoever receives him to help us. 
it's, he, he calls him the helper. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. So in other words, it's saying, Jesus said that I have to go away because I'm in one body, but I'm going to send Holy Spirit for anybody who receives him. And the Holy Spirit will help you and teach you the things of God. Um, and then um, there's another verse that also talks about that Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And this is in Romans 8:26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Um, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through worldless groans. So in other words, we there's things that happen in our lives all the time, and we go before God and pray, right, or ask for help. But sometimes we don't know how to pray. Sometimes we don't know, like, what's the right what's the right way of praying? Not that there's a right or wrong way, but maybe our intention, right? And it says when we have the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit presents our prayer to God in the right way, okay? Um, so we're concluding here that Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is his person. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that Jesus sent to live in every single believer. Now, how can we get the Holy Spirit? Is it by our works? We have to work for it. We have to be good and, you know, keep all the Ten Commandments? No. Luckily for us, it's a gift from God. And that's Luke eleven thirteen says that. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Okay, so... Um, this has to be like an acknowledgement of us that we need the Holy Spirit and we ask God to give to give us the Holy Spirit. But it's it's a gift. It's not something like God will have a check mark and say, "Well, were you good today?" You know, like Santa, I saw you did this yesterday. Therefore, I'm not going to give it to you. It's not based on our works. It says that it's a gift, and if we ask God, He will give it to us. Okay, now um, this is the fun part. This is the exciting part that I've been waiting um to share with you guys these are the benefits of having the holy spirit and uh honestly life is so much better and easier and more joyful and more peaceful uh, and more fun when you have the holy spirit in you why so i'm going to go into scripture and show you guys why okay galatians 5 22 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, who does not want to have these qualities, right? We were, I mean, if you think about it, pretty much everything we do is to, to get to this level of having joy, uh, of having peace. Like, I want to have peace. I want to have joy. Um, I want to have goodness in me. I want to have self-control. Like how many people will say, well, I don't really want to do that or I don't want to have that habit, but I just, I just cannot help it. So then in other words, they're saying I don't have self-control, right? Like people that are addicted uh, to one thing or another, they say, I cannot help it because I'm addicted. They're definitely in some kind of bondage, right? We can all be in a, some kind of bondage one way or the other. But apparently, if we have the Holy Spirit, he can help us out of it, right? We can't do it in ourselves, but we can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, and it's like so many different adjectives in there, right? Gentleness, goodness, kindness. Like sometimes we want to be kind, but we can't. But the Holy Spirit will empower us to be kind, right? And um, just to have that peace. Like a lot of times we're looking for peace in different places. And our peace is kind of related to our circumstances and if our circumstances are good and if the people in our lives are good or they're doing good or uh, if our peace depends on that then our peace is up and down and a lot of times we don't have it or even our joy but this scripture is saying that if you have the holy spirit in you no matter what your circumstances are you have these things in you which is amazing right because our circumstances change all the time and a lot of times we don't have control over them so that's the good news Okay, um, Romans 5.13 says, I love this verse and I memorize it because it says, it talks about 
joy and peace and hope, which is what most people want, right? So it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So um, I think this is an amazing promise. It says, may the God of hope fill you. So he's talking about filling you no matter what point of life you're in, what you're going through, what your circumstances are. It says, may God can fill you with joy and peace. Like God wants you to have joy and have peace. How? As you trust in him, as you put your trust in him versus in people and things and finances and circumstances, but you're putting, you're saying, Lord, you're above all that. You have control over that. I'm trusting you with that. Therefore, I'm letting go of my worry and anxiety and fear and all that. And I'm receiving the joy and peace that you have in me through the Holy Spirit. Your word says you can, you know, talk to God and remind him of his promises. Not that he forgets. It's really more for us than for him. And say, so your word says that I can overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't your Holy Spirit in me? And right now I'm asking to just like be being overflowing with hope, which I think that's an amazing promise, especially nowadays, like during the last times that we're living in. Um, another great promise is fear. It says you don't, God, since you became the child of God, that you don't have, the spirit of fear cannot control you anymore. I mean, you guys think about how the spirit of fear is controlling the media, the people, people take actions, doing this and that just because they're controlled by a spirit of fear. So I'm afraid this is going to happen. Therefore, I have to do this. I got to take this action, that action. Yes, in some instances, it makes sense to be guided and make the right decisions. But constantly, the media is just pumping fear into people. And look what this verse says. It says, and... Uh, uh, verse 13 it says you, the spirit you received does not makes you does not make you slave um, so that you may live in fear again rather the spirit you received brought you uh, adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children so the bible clearly says that since you became the child of God, since you received the Holy Spirit, now you have a spirit of sonship. Now you are a son and daughter of the creator of the world, of God himself. There is no spirit of fear in you. If you feel fear, it's coming from outside against you. It's not in you, right? So it says you received the spirit of sonship and you don't have, it says you don't have to leave, live in fear again. Some of you might say, are you serious? How can you not live in fear? Well, this is how, by trusting God, by knowing that you are his or hers precious possession. And when you talk to him, when you cast your cares on him, when you tell him about what you're going through or what your problem is, that he cares, he cares for you. He cared enough for you to send his son to die on the cross for you, right? So he cares about every little detail in your life. So that's how you cast your cares on him and not put up with the spirit of fear. I'm not saying the spirit of fear will not come against you. It will most probably every day to try to come, come against you. And you have to reject it. You have to say, I will. Okay, you guys practice. Just say it right now. I will not fear. Say it again. I refuse to have fear. I will not fear. I have the spirit of sonship. The Bible says I do not have the spirit of fear and I will not receive the spirit of fear. So if the spirit of fear is trying to come on you, just say, stop, I will not receive you. I will not receive the spirit of fear. And I rebuke you in Jesus name. That, that's what the Bible says. It says it's not in you. So if you feel fear, where is it coming from? It's from the outside, right? It's a spirit that's coming against you from the outside. Um, okay, so another thing that I wanna share with you guys is what happens when you uh, truly become the child of God, right? When with your heart you receive um, the gift of salvation and God's spirit is deposited in you. Well, these are your privileges, your rights now. So listen carefully. Uh, right now you become like at the moment you receive Christ as your, uh, savior with all your heart. You now become sons and daughters of the most high God, right? He calls you his precious possession. 
Uh, now you have the spirit of power, of love and self-discipline in you. In you, you have the spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Now you have the spirit of truth in you. Like people might come and say and this and that, and you might say, no, I don't agree with that. Somehow I just, it just doesn't sit right with me because I don't agree with that. I don't accept it as the truth. The truth is God's word. That's what I believe in. Um, right now, he is your comforter, your counselor. You can literally go to him and say, Holy Spirit, uh, this is what's bugging me. And I need wisdom in knowing what to do. I have to make a decision and I don't know which route to go. And this is when you pray, like when you ask to God, it says the Holy Spirit literally is your counselor. It will guide you. It will speak to you and it will make you comfortable in your soul, in your mind. Um, it also says that the Holy Spirit will help you when you feel weak. Now, weak in what? Weak physically weak, mentally weak, uh, whatever, in any way. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, give me strength to do this job. Holy Spirit, give me a sound mind. Uh, Holy Spirit, give me rest from this. You can ask Holy Spirit for anything uh, according to God's perfect will. And remember when I read that verse um, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So those are your rights and privileges as the children of God. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, to uh, help you experience those. Okay, and it says he will teach you all things of God. How? How can the Holy Spirit teach me things of God? Well, first of all, like this is a higher level of intuition of what's right, what's wrong. Well, for example, you, you may clearly hear if you're making a decision, don't go that route. Don't go there. Don't buy that. Don't, you, you can clearly like sense it in your spirit that this, some, this just feels wrong or I just, or don't get on that plane. I just don't have peace about traveling or I just right now, or I just don't have, you just, he will just remove the peace from you. If it's something he doesn't want you to do, or if it's not going to benefit you, but it's going to hurt you. Um, and at the same time, again, he can fill you with joy and peace and hope, right? You can be in the midst of chaos where everybody's freaking out. They're worried. They're scared of what's going to happen uh, in the future to us, to our families, to our kids. And you may just say, you know what? Uh, I somehow just have peace. I'm not scared and I have hope and I even have joy, you know, and they'll look at you funny. Like, are you serious? How can you have all these things? Well, because you have the Holy Spirit, right? Um, it also says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us in prayer, which I went over that. And one more thing that I want to say is that you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So your body is now the temple of God, right? Um, so another thing that the Holy Spirit helps you is for you to walk by faith. So a lot of times you can see people are just like worried, anxious, scared, and they might say, how come this thing doesn't bother you? You just have to say, I don't know. I just have faith that God will take care of it, that God will help us, that God will answer our prayers, that he will come through. I just, and they'll look at you funny. Like what, what proof do you have of that? What, how, what guarantee do you have of that? Well, this is where the life of a Christian is different than a life of a non-believer because the Bible says the righteous shall walk by faith. Now, is faith something tangible that I can feel, touch, see, and show? No, it says faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. So it's kind of like this knowing, this, this feeling of from believing that goes from believing to knowing. I just know. I just have this good feeling that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay let's say. Okay. So that's the difference that he fills you with hope, with joy as you trust in him, right? Faith is being sure of what you hope for is certain of what you cannot see. Now, so there's all these amazing benefits of having the Holy Spirit in you. Of course, we have a role to play in uh, bringing the fruit of the Spirit out in our, in our physical life, like in our mind and our soul and in our body and our thoughts and decisions. And our part, for us to be aligned with the Holy Spirit that's in us, we have to take an active role of learning about God's word. Now, the enemy will fight you. There is so many like podcasts and messages and news and entertainment all day long and busyness with work that goes on that who has time really to sit and read the Bible and to meditate on it and like 
some people will say, we, yeah, we grew up with this denomination. We know what's in the Bible, but not really. Have you read the Bible from front to back by yourself? And you might say, well, not exactly, but I don't exactly understand it either. So that's why there's many different now easy to read translations like the New International Version, New Living Translation. Uh, there's tons of Amplified Bible that where they make it very easy to understand the Bible. You can order a Bible with those translations so you can understand. But this is how you will experience the fruit of the Spirit. You have to get, first of all, give give God time in your life. You have to have your quiet time with God where you meet with him every day, have a quiet place in your house, wherever you live. You can start with five minutes a day. You might say, are you kidding? I don't even have time to brush my teeth in the mornings. But you know what? God will give you strength. If you have to wake up 10 minutes earlier than you do, do it. You know, start that way and just be still in the presence of God and let him talk to you. And you can talk to him, tell him what's on your mind, but at the same time, give him time to talk to you and maybe read once, start with reading one paragraph in Bible, okay? Start reading in the, in the New Testament or start reading Proverbs, which is all wisdom, especially for young people. Um, but read scripture during your quiet time, okay? So that's your quiet time. Then you have to be part of a community of believers, which it comes, you know, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ, that Christ is the head but his body are his children, are believers. And every believer has a different role, different part um, to accomplish God's will. So you need to be connected to a body of believers and go to a church where you can connect with people, right? And hear the message and uh, maybe volunteer or get to know people, get into small groups. And then I would say just continually educate yourself by watching Christian programs. There's tons of podcasts and but you have to be careful. So if there's messages that don't align with the word of God and they say they're Christian and uh, somehow it just doesn't, you know, doesn't sit right and you pray about it and you still don't have peace about it, then I'm not saying every podcast, every Christian program is the right one. There's tons of out there, but you have to kind of spend time researching and learning and praying. And um, basically you're just depositing the word of God in you, right? Which is through scripture. So if people tell you this is what the Bible says, unless you read the Bible, you don't know whether to agree or disagree. You're just going to go with the flow and say, okay, I agree. I believe that. But you have to know the Bible yourself. You have to read it. That's why it's important to be in small groups. And then that's where you have, when you have questions, you can ask. And somebody else who's been there and has the answer will help you, right? So that's how you're growing in your faith. And this is how the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in you because now you're learning the word of God because this is how the Holy Spirit works by the word of God. That's the final authority. So when we know the word now in our mind and we trust it and we believe it because we keep doing life with God, then we become under the submission of the Holy Spirit so that then we can hear the Holy Spirit clearly, right? Uh, like those channels are open now. The Holy Spirit can clearly talk to you and say, I need you to call this person now and say this, right? Uh, he might be doing that now, but you can't hear it because you're not in the word. We can't recognize, is it God? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it me? Is it the devil? I don't know. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything, right? But if you know the voice of the Holy Spirit because you have spent time enough in the word with other believers researching. So in other words, with all your heart, you've been seeking after God. These, all these benefits of the Holy Spirit are going to come out of you and not only bless you, but bless the people around you. And remember, we were created for God, for his pleasure and for his purpose. Therefore, he has you covered. We don't need to continually be trying to protecting and uh, taking care of our own lives. Yes, we do our part, but to overly doing it, overly being anxious, overly preparing, overly providing overly like stepping over where now it's affecting our health. I don't even have time to go to church. I don't have time to do quiet time because I have to, you know, work 24, seven days a week to provide. No guys, that's not the Bible says. Yes, there's a balance to everything. And that's where, it, that's where the scripture comes that the righteous walk by faith. We have to do our part, uh, but there's a balance to it where we have time for God 
and to grow our mind, our soul, and learn and um, to walk by the Spirit of God. So <clears throat> there, if you might say, well, I think I already have the Holy Spirit. I, this is great, but, you know, I'm already doing good. But is it evident? If somebody looks at you, will they say this person is truly Christian? Like I saw, I saw sometimes people that I just pass away and I can just sense their spirit. And I say, this person's, I can tell they're Christian because there's such a peace about them. There's such calmness about them. And when they smile, it's just like now their peace comes on you, you know? And then there's some people that are just like, no matter what they say or do, you're like, Ugh, like, I don't want to be around them. There's something dark about them. There's something that just bugs me. Um, of course, as believers, we're supposed to be ministers of the gospel, but again, that's another teaching that you have to know how to go about that. So if if the evidence of the Holy Spirit is not in you, in other words, if you don't have peace, people around you don't feel your peace, if you don't have joy, if you're not kind to people, if you're continually like just criticizing, judging, gossiping, and talking negative, uh, if you don't have faith, you're in fear, and you're trying to figure out every area of your life and control it, do everything you can then most probably you don't have the Holy Spirit. Or if you do, you haven't submitted to it. And that's what I'm going to get into right now. Um, it's how to receive the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> Acts 2.38 said, this is Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, you guys, there's three steps. You have, first of all, we have to acknowledge that we are sinners. No matter how much good works we do, we are still sinners. And if you don't think you're a sinner, ask God to show you your sins, okay? <clears throat> so once you acknowledge you're a sinner, and we can be with God, with the holy, perfect God, if we're sinners. So we have to say, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Number two is be baptized, okay? I know a lot of us... Uh, will say, well, I was baptized as a child, or I just don't believe in that. But baptism is a symbol of dying with the cross, going under the water, right? Dying to your old self and coming out as Jesus was resurrected after three days, coming out with Christ as a new creation, as a new person. So, um, so once you truly repent and you're baptized, you, you understand the meaning of baptism, that your your old self is dying. Now you become a new creation as you're coming out of the water. And then it says, uh, ask for the forgiveness of your sins, right? And then you will receive the gift. Remember, it's a gift that God gives us. I'm sorry, it's not a, it. He is a gift that God gives us, the Holy Spirit. We will receive the Holy Spirit. So there is a process to it. And one last thing that I want to reiterate. Uh, <clears throat> is a lot of you listening might say, I'm already a Christian. I, you know, you're preaching to the choir. However, if you haven't experienced what I've been talking about here, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, then maybe you just had a mental acceptance and not a heart that you have surrendered to God. They are two different things, right? Mental acceptance of the story of Jesus is what religion plays. There's a spirit of religion that controls people. Mentally, they accept, yes, we accept the story of Jesus, virgin birth, three days raising after death, you know, from the two, we accept it in our mind. But there is no heart surrender. There is no Lord. I give you my heart. I want to serve you. I want to follow. I want to do things your way. I don't care how I feel about things. I'm going to submit to what you're telling me, how you're telling me to do it. That's a true repentance of heart. And if you guys don't have that, if there is no change in your life after you have become Christian, or you might say, I was just born in a Christian family, I would say, this is your opportunity, guys. This is your opportunity to say, Lord, just say the simple salvation prayer. I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe your son died on the cross to pay the price of sin instead of me. I receive that gift of salvation. And I want to honor you and live for you all the days of my life. I surrender my heart to you and I ask you to give me the Holy Spirit. I say this in Jesus' name, amen. It's a simple prayer that there's no right or wrong way about saying it. It's pretty much acknowledging you're a sinner, 
repenting from it, asking God's forgiveness, believe that your sin has already been paid by his son and you received that gift and that you want to serve God with all your heart. And serving God is really doing what he's telling you to do. And you would say, I don't know what he's telling me to do. You're right. <laughs> we don't exist. I mean, we have an idea of what's right or what's wrong. Thank God because of our conscience, right? But to truly honor him, we have to know what his word says. What, what does this word says about you, how you go, what you do at your work? How are you as a husband? How are you as a wife? How are you as a child? Um, what's your attitude toward the body of Christ? Do you help financially for, to preach the gospel? Do you tithe? Um, so there's many different areas that actually all, all different areas of our lives that the Bible will guide us. And when we say we surrender our heart, we're saying, I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I surrender. I'm going to do it your way. So that's true repentance, guys. But if you have just like a head knowledge, mental acceptance, but there is no true repentance in your heart, like I, for example, this person was so mean to me and they ruined my life, I can never forgive them. Then you truly don't have the Holy Spirit. Because if, you're tr if you truly have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will nudge you and bug you all the time till you forgive. All right, you cannot commit the same sins as before and enjoy it. You'll be miserable doing the same sins as before. You're going to say, this is not right. I just don't feel right about this anymore. I used to like it. I used to enjoy it. Now, for example, if you're in the bondage of alcohol, drugs, pornography, you might say, I just don't, I don't know. I don't care for it anymore. It doesn't bring me joy anymore. You know, you know, the Bible says there's temporary um, pleasure and sin. But at the end, it brings death, right? <clears throat> so um, hopefully you guys get this message uh, of truly, with all your heart, surrendering to God, submitting to his will, learning his word, and letting these gifts of the Holy Spirit to come out of you, out of your spirit, and uh, in you. One, okay, a couple things that I want to share with you guys is what exactly happens when we receive the Holy Spirit is... His spirit, God's spirit, comes into you, into your heart, and it becomes one with your spirit. It's not like your spirit dies. I know I have said that before, but that's a mistake. Your spirit kind of intertwines with God's spirit. So see yourself, see your spirit yourself as illuminating light, perfect and holy. That's your perfect spirit that now is mixed with God's spirit that lives in you. And wants to come out of you and wants to bless you in your mind, in your thoughts, in your action. And bring you fruit in your life and accomplish God's will on earth. So there's a perfect version of you if you have truly surrendered your heart to Christ. Uh, there's a perfect version of you, perfect spirit, that is part your spirit, part God's spirit. But now your spirit is, is clean, right? You know, it's kind of like when you have a stain on your white clothes, you throw them in the washer and you throw Clorox in there and it comes out clean perfectly clean white, right? White as snow. That's how your spirit is right now. Um, that the Romans 8, 16 says that it says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And um, one last verse I want to share with you guys. I apologize. This podcast just went a little bit over, but this is the last scripture I want to share with you guys. It's 1 John 3, 24. It says the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So it says, the one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. In other words, the spirit of God lives in you and you live in the spirit of God. And this is how we know that he lives in us because his, he gave us his spirit, right? His spirit lives in us. Uh, but this is just such an amazing uh, revelation that I believe there's so many churches, denominations that have missed it. And there's no power. They're pretty much just playing religion. It's a ceremonial thing. You go to church, you do you know, the ceremony, come back, nothing in your life changes. Everything is the same. Everything is chaos. Um, no victory in any area. It's because it's, it has become a head knowledge, not a heart repentance. And they haven't received the gift of Holy Spirit where they submit to it with all their heart. Okay, you guys, hopefully this teaching has brought some revelations as far as the who the Holy Spirit is and, as, and, and 
Holy Spirit's amazing, his amazing benefits. Uh, and if you still have any doubt, there's a story in the Bible about uh, the virgins. Uh, I think it was the 10 virgins. I'm not sure um, that have the oil and the lamp and which ones go enter uh, to the um, uh, bridegroom's wedding and which ones don't. And that has to do with the Holy Spirit. So if you can find that story, I'm sure you can <laughs> research it. Uh, you will see that those who have the Holy Spirit are the ones um, that will be in heaven. And people that just played head knowledge, they will not be because they haven't received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So um, hopefully this teaching has blessed you and you can dig deeper into it yourself as you do your own research. But until the next teaching, God be with you and God bless you. Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. I'm glad you guys decided to join on a whole new teaching. We just finished the teachings on um, the subject of the Holy Spirit. Basically, who is the Holy Spirit and what are the benefits of the Holy Spirit? If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend that you go back and listen because it all makes more sense. Once you learn about the third trinity of God, you know, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, but anyway, I think this new teaching uh, will interest you a lot because I think it's something that a lot of people would like to know the answer to. Um, and the subject of this teaching is how to hear God's voice. I think a lot of us, a lot of times, we just want to know what God's will is and to go that direction versus making a decision and then it ending up being a mistake. And then we like spend our time, our resources, our energy, um, whatever that may be, our resources in different different ways on it. And we say, I wish I had known not to make this decision and, you know, to go to would have gone a different route. Um, and I think a lot of times we feel like, you know, it would be to our benefit to hear God's voice, but sometimes we're not able to hear it. So this is what this teaching is on, is how to hear God's voice. Um, so if you chose to listen to this podcast, then more than likely you're interested in hearing God's voice. More than likely you uh, want to follow his voice and you trust the plans that have for your life. Um, so, but there, I, I still feel like we still, there's four different categories that we can fit in. I feel like there's a group of people that will not seek god's voice that they won't they will not even go there and there could be different reasons for that one could be that they may not feel they're worthy or maybe uh, they haven't been taught that they can have a relationship with a loving god uh, maybe they see god as a harsh judge who was angry who was mad who wanted you to be perfect and you messed up and you're a sinner and he wants to have nothing to do with you sometimes some religions actually teach us that um <clears throat> So that could be one reason that people feel like they cannot talk to God to hear from him. Um, another reason could be they're not seeking God because they feel like, well, who am I to, you know, go before the throne of grace and ask for things or talk to him or ask for advice, uh, you know, um, with everything that's like he's managing a whole world and what he's going to come down and talk to me and listen to me and answer me. Like you might see yourself very, insignificant in in the scheme of this whole world and say I won't even ask God like you know that's not even right for me to go before God and ask to hear his voice so there's a group of people that will not even seek his voice will not seek uh, to hear from him because of the beliefs that they formed and these beliefs like I said could be from uh, their upbringing could be from religion could be from their environment whatever it is they form some belief that is making them not want to uh, seek God's voice, you know, which is wrong, and we'll deal with that later. Um, then, then there's another group that will seek God, you know, but they won't. They feel like they don't hear anything back. Um, I've had my own, you know, very close family members and say, I, I seek God, but I don't hear Him talk to me. I don't hear anything. I continually seek Him, and there's nothing. And we'll deal with that later too. And then there's another group that seek God, and they say. Oh yeah, I heard I heard God tell me um, do this and do that, you know, um, date this guy or 
you know, move to from this state to the other state or take this job or, you know, quit this job or uh, be friends with this person or divorce this person or whatever. They may think they heard from God, but it's actually not God speaking to them. It's actually their own um, thoughts and desires that they're hearing. <laughs> okay, but they're going to say, oh, God told me this. And again, we'll deal with that. Like, how do we know it's God? How do we know it's not ourselves talking? It's, our, it's not our own desires and emotions uh, telling us what to do. How do we know it's not the devil, uh, you know, the demon speaking to us and prompting us to do something? How do we know it's God? Um, so again, we'll explore that later too. And then there's the fourth category of people who pray and seek God's voice and wisdom, and they actually receive it. They receive it, they obey it, they walk in it, and they receive the blessing from it. Um, so it just becomes a practice to seek God and um, and receive wisdom from him. So um, some of you guys might say, why do I need to hear from God? Like, I already know what's right, what's wrong. I have a conscience that guides me, and, you know, most of the time I do what's right, so you know, it's a no-brainer. Why do I need to ask God? Well, you're right in a way that you do have a conscience, and that conscience has been given to us by God, right? So let me go over some scripture that talks about that. Romans 2.15 says, they show that the work of the law is written in their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So right there, it says that God's laws of what's right or wrong has been written in every human being's heart. So every human being knows what's right and what's wrong. They can feel it, right? And some more scripture in regards to that. Acts 24, 16 says, So I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. So, and again, the scripture is talking about that we do have a conscience, but it also talks about that it's our job to keep our conscience clear because we can defile our conscience, right? We can have a conscience that kind of convicts us and we feel guilty when we do something wrong, when we lie or when we do something bad, it just kind of feels wrong. So that's our conscience, right? So we can defile our conscience. Um, one more verse or maybe two more. Romans 2, 14 through 15 says, they show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. I feel like I just read that. Yeah, I did. Sorry, that was a repeat. Okay, 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2 says, the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared as with hot iron. Now, why did I choose to use this scripture? Because it's talking about a conscience that can be seared. Uh, in other words, it's a conscience that just is not working anymore. Let's put it that way. So for sometimes, some, sometimes people may choose to ignore that warning of the conscience over and over, over and over to the point where the conscience will not speak anymore, right? Well, you, the person doesn't know the right from wrong anymore. The wrong seems right to them because the conscience has stopped working. It's kind of like, you know, if you're in your car and you put an address in your GPS and the GPS starts talking to you, saying take a left on the street and right on that street, and then you keep not listening and taking the wrong turn, and then the GPS will say recalculating and will come up now with a new plan for you to get you to your destination. And let's say, again, you don't listen and you go a different round than what the GPS says. So you keep doing that after a few times, I'm not sure how many times, but eventually the GPS stops talking because you're not following what it's saying. And that's the same with our conscious. So that's when it says that some have, some people's conscious has been seared as with a hot iron, which means it's not, um, it's not working anymore, right? Because they continually ignored the warning. It continually ignored the voice of the conscious of what's wrong. And they gave, they, they went the other way to the point where now they can't recognize what's right and what's wrong. They actually think what's wrong is good and it's, it's right. So they're deceived, right? So um, 
That's in 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 2. So for those people who say, I don't really need to hear from God, I have a conscience, your conscience can be defiled. Your conscience can be seared where it's not working anymore. <laughs> so hopefully not, but there are some people um, who have gone that route. So that's why we need to hear the voice of God. And um, now the next question is, um, how do we keep our conscience clear uh, the truth is you keep our conscience clear by knowing and obeying the word of God. By Like I've said this many times, the Bible is a book of manual for life. By knowing it, well, first of all, by seeking to learn it and know it, right? Once you know it, knowing it is not enough, but actually putting what you learn into action, that's what's going to produce results. So by knowing it and obeying it, then you will know even more of what's wrong and what you should not do, right? Excuse me. And and the word of God, you know what it does? It renews our mind. It kind of cleanses our mind of all the junk that the world tries to put in. And then it's continually softens our heart toward God, right? Like things that we were like harsh toward and angry or whatever, all of a sudden we have a soft heart to it. Like God gives us uh, his compassion, his way of looking at things, his understanding. So then we look at things differently after we spend time with the word of God and with him. So some practical ways as to how do I hear, like I want to practice learning how to hear God's voice, right? So for those of you who are asking, first of all, the first most important thing is we have to have a heart that truly, truly um, wants to seek God, uh, is interested in knowing about God, learning about him, um, learning about his will, his desire, his creations, about why did he create you? Like you have this just yearning and desire to get to know him, right? So the first thing is you have to have a willing heart. Uh, the second thing is you have to put time aside um, to spend time with him. It's called quiet time <laughs> in the Christian language. Um, so that quiet time, I believe, in my opinion, and I think a lot of um, Christians would agree with me. The best time is early in the morning when you wake up. The first thing that you do. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, when they say if, you, if you're going to work out, do it the first thing in the morning, early in the morning. Just get it out of the way. And not only that, but it benefits you, right? It benefits your body, your soul, um, your decisions for that day. So th the best thing is to give God the tide of your day. The best portion of your day is when you wake up. Your mind is fresh. You haven't put anything in it. You haven't watched anything. You haven't heard anything. So to give God that part of your day, that means you're seeking him, right? Um, you're giving him the best part of your day. But sometimes it's not possible. Uh, sometimes people during midday or before they go to bed, that's fine. As long as you have that quiet time where you put some time aside to spend time with God. And you might say, you know what? I'm just so busy. I don't have time for it. But you know what? Let me tell you this. You, you cannot afford not to have quiet time with God because without him, we end up making so many mistakes. We make our own decisions or we listen to what's in the world or friends and family or whatever. Um, and then we end up making a mistake. And then what? And then you've wasted months and years and finances and energy and relationships. And then you're like, ah, I wish I had known not to go this way. Well, if you spent daily time in the word of God and with God, he would warn you. You know, you will seek his wisdom and he will tell you, don't go that route. Don't give in to that. Don't believe that. Don't take that uh, action. So it is so totally worth it because he will guide your life. He will make your life easier, basically. So spend that quiet time with him every morning where it's just you and him, nobody else. Like find a place away from everything, uh, all the noises, Turn no TV, no phone, put your phone away, turn it off, tell your family Please don't disturb me. Hopefully they're asleep when you wake up <laughs> and have that quiet time. Just you and the Lord. Even if you start with five minutes a day, that's fine. And then gradually increase it to like 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. You can do it. Um, so, yeah, just remember to shut everything off where it's you, your Bible, a pen and a paper. That's how I do it. And a cup of coffee. <laughs> Got to have your coffee, right? If you're a coffee drinker. Um, and then some people suggest put, put on some worship music and just... To calm your spirit, you know, the Bible says come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. And this could be you're just offering him thanksgiving. Think of all the good things he's done in your life. 
or just play worship music and just let it just calm your spirit and just imagine yourself going before the creator of the world, who's your father, right? Who's your heavenly father. So then the next thing you want to do, obviously there's things in your life and your heart that are, you know, burdensome to you and things that you don't know what to do or how to solve your problems. So then tell God about your problems. Just tell him, I really don't know what to do in this situation. I really don't know how to handle this. What is my part in doing this? And just cast your care on him. You know, um, 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on him. So anything that bothers you, anything that's like a heavy in your heart, anything you feel like I need help with, I need a solution, I don't know what to do, give it to him. You know, take it from your, I learned this very early on of my walk with God. The, the pastor said, put everything uh, from your worry list, transfer it to your prayer list, and then let it go. Give it to God. <clears throat> and then um, the next thing would be ask for his wisdom to guide you. You know, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously and without finding fault. So in other words, the Bible is saying God will give you wisdom if you ask him. And he's not going to say, well, why should I give you wisdom? Did you do what I asked you? Did you forget yesterday you messed up? Did you forget to, you know, go to church this week or whatever? He's saying he's going to give it to you without finding any fault with you. Right. So ask him for wisdom. And then um, once again, you know, his wisdom, the main foundation part of wisdom comes through the word of God. So it's important while you are having your quiet time with God, right? First you've worshiped him and then you've told him about what's in your heart. And now the next thing is to read his word, right? Because uh, God speaks to us. The main way is through his word. It's through his word that he gives us, um, you know, he directs our thoughts and actions and feelings. So, um, Another promise from God is Jeremiah 33, 3, that says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. How amazing is this verse? He's saying, I want to tell you things that you haven't even thought about, right? Um, so that's a great promise from God. And um, another thing that you guys have to just get in the practice of doing is, you know, we don't go to God and like I used to do it all the time. You just pray and ask him what's going on. You, know, you tell him what's going on in your life, this and that. And, and please do this. Please do that. Please give me an answer. And okay, I'm done. Thank you. Bye. You know, we have to like, once you give him your burdens, you ask for his wisdom and um, you read his word. You have to be still and just sit quiet and just calm your spirit, calm your soul. And, you know, the Bible says, uh, be still and know that I'm God in Psalm 4610. So God wants you to give him a chance to talk to you, basically. Don't just do all the talking and then get up and leave. Say, whoops, my time is up. Got to get ready for work or got to get ready with the kids or go to school or whatever. Just have some time, whether if it's two seconds or minutes, to just sit quietly and clear your mind. Don't let anything enter your mind. Control your thoughts and say, it's, it's time for God I'm going to give this time to God that if he wants to speak to me, I can hear. So give him some time to speak to you back, basically. Um, and again, reading your Bible, you know, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the divisions of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of heart. So the word of God, you guys, is different than any other word in the world that we read. The word of God has life. Um, you know, John, beginning of the chapter of John, it says uh, the word was God. The word was the word was with God. The word became flesh. So it's basically equating Jesus with the word. They're saying they're the same. So when you read the words, something happens in you and something happens in the spiritual realm. So don't take it lightly. That's why, like, you could have a thought towards something, and you may read Proverbs that day. The Proverbs, I, I try to read the Proverbs for that day each day. There's 31 Proverbs, one for each day, except for the months that are not 31 days. 
Um, but it gives you so much wisdom and discernment. It just like judges your heart and you feel like, oh, that was wrong. Like, I'm not going to do it again, or I'm going to do this this way. So just remember that the word of God is different than any other words that you read because it is alive. Um, and then once you read this scripture, um, like I said, if you're just new at it, it could be just a few minutes. You can just take a paragraph. It doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to read the Bible in one year. No, you're not there yet. That will take you a while. And honestly, I still cannot read the whole Bible in one year because I like to like take a paragraph and really meditate on it and understand it and see how it applies in my life. Which it takes me to the next point is ask God what, what you just read. How does this apply in your life? Right? Let him speak to you and tell you. And you may say, well, I still don't hear anything. Well, you know what? Sometimes you just have to keep doing it and it will happen. You have to get used to being in the presence of God. You have to get used to being quiet, letting him talk to you. Sometimes he'll bring a word, you know, and you have to look up that word in Bible. Sometimes he'll bring a scripture. Sometimes he'll show you a picture. He just speaks in different ways. But like I said, the foundational way is through his word. Um, so the next thing that I want to share with you guys is some people might say, you know what, that's all great. Um, I still don't hear God speaking to me. I did everything you said. I still pretty quiet. And so my question for you is, are you seeking God with all your heart? My next question for you is, have you surrendered your heart to him? And my next question for you is, have you made him the Lord over your life? Or do you still feel like you're the God of your life? You get to decide what's good for you, what's not, and what to do in your life regarding all your decisions. Because if that's the case, then you're not really seeking after God. You just still feel like you know better than him or what's good for you. You forget that he's your creator, that he had you in mind before the creation of the world. He loved you before even he created you, and he had all these wonderful plans for you. Um, if you haven't learned that, once you get in the word of God, you will learn how precious you are. You're his child, and he loves you, and he wants to do amazing things in your life. But you have to trust. You have to get to know him first, right? And then you will trust him as you do life with him, as you experience him. So um, the next thing I want to say is, uh, John 8, 4 through 7 says, well, before I go there, um, if you feel like, again, you don't hear God and you're doing everything that I just mentioned, the most important question is, have you received the gift of salvation where all your sins can be forgiven by God by putting your faith and your trust in his son dying for you on the cross and paying the price of sin for you and then being raised from the dead? Um, you know, are, do you truly believe that and accept it? Is it just the head knowledge? Because it has to become a heart, uh, heart acceptance. Okay. Not just the story you believe and say, yes, 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 yes. I've done it. I've sent this. I've said the salvation prayer. I am a Christian, but really, um, you guys should see the movie left behind. <laughs> I think it's just coming out actually. I think it came out yesterday. Um, and it's about even pastors who were just playing church. Everything was head knowledge. Nothing was heart knowledge. And they were the ones who were left behind when Jesus came back for the believers. So this is really serious, you guys. We are, a lot of people say we are in the end times because the signs are there, right? You can just look around, just turn on your TV. <laughs> um, so if that's you, if you really feel like you haven't completely surrendered um, your life to Christ, um, then I'll give you a chance to say the salvation prayer after me. But just remember, God promises for the ones who have received the gift of salvation, the ones who are now a new creation, you know, the Bible calls them born-again believers because now they have a new spirit in them, right, With the born with the Holy Spirit. Um, they have received the Holy Spirit and are saved from God's wrath. Yes, God is a wonderful, loving God, full of love, but he also, there's a side to him, he has wrath that's coming for the ones who don't want to accept the gift of salvation. They've, they've heard it and they're like, not for me. Thank you. I don't believe there's anything after we die. Well, it's going to be too late for you to find out. Once you're dead, 
your spirit will live, your spirit is eternal, will live forever. So think about that. This life is very temporary for all of us, right? Regardless who you are, what you do, uh, what kind of titles you have, how much wealth you have, no matter what, all of that aside, we will all shed this physical body. It will turn to dust. But our spirit will live on forever. And the wrath of God is coming for the ones who continue to live in sin and did not receive the gifts of salvation. So um, I want to read you guys this verse. It says, John 8, 47, whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you don't belong to God. So for people that are wicked and evil and choose not to receive the gift of salvation, choose not to believe, can they hear God? According to this scripture, no. I believe they still have their conscience, but even that conscience could be seared, right? But it says those who have received the gift of salvation, who belong to God, right? The children, who, the people who have received the gift of salvation become the children of God. That's what the Bible says. Um, John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. In other words, believers, when they hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, they recognize this is God telling me to do this. I know they're not deceived. John 10, 5 says, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. In other words, people that are born again believers, they spend time with God. They spend time in his word. If the devil comes, and, and the Bible does say the devil, you know, the evil spirits will come and masquerade themselves as the angel of light. Like, you know, uh, people will go to fortune tellers or to these people that they seem so nice. They just know my future. They just know what to tell me. The, but people that are true believers, they will not be deceived. They will feel like this is off. This is wrong. This just doesn't feel good. I'm not going there. You know, I'm not going to be part of that. But if you're not, you could easily be deceived. You might think you've seen an angel, but it's really a demon masquerading as an angel of light. That's what the Bible says. But if you're, if you're spending time with God and you have given your life to him, he will give you discernment and wisdom. Okay, John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So in other words, Jesus said when he was leaving, you know, he was resurrected after three days. 500 people saw him. Um, and then after 40 days, he was taken back to heaven with a lot of witnesses. But he, this, is, this is one of the last things that he said. He said, I have to go so I can send the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit can be with every single person. But Jesus was in a physical body. He could only be at one place at one time, right? So he said, this Holy Spirit that I'm sending to you, he will be your helper and he will teach you all things and he will bring into remembrance the things that I have said to you. Another one, he will remind you of the word that you have learned, the scripture, and he will also help you. So another word, another way that God speaks to us directly. Well, remember, God is a spirit, right? He's, he's a spirit and we have a spirit. So he talks to our spirit. And now that we are born again, Christians, he speaks to our spirit. And our spirit, the Holy Spirit, tells us, gives us discernment, right? Um, it's, it's really interesting. When you're um, close with God, you just get these feelings all of a sudden to pray for this person. You know, I've been waking up from my sleep sometimes, get up and pray for this person. And it's like, it doesn't make sense to me, but I do it. Because I know it's the Holy Spirit telling me something is wrong with this person. You know, maybe... They're experiencing pain. Maybe they're in an accident. Maybe something bad is about to happen to them. And by you praying them, you're interceding for them, right? Um, or the Holy Spirit will, you know, if you're, let's say, planning to go on a vacation or somewhere, all of a sudden he will tell you, you don't, you know, you need to not go on this trip or cancel this or do this. And you feel like, yeah, I really want to go and... <laughs> um, but you have to be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he will um, protect you and he will guide you and he will help you help other people, basically. So um, I hope this teaching has helped you to learn that God wants to speak to you. 
if you're not already hearing his voice, he wants to help you. He wants to show you the right way of doing things. He wants to protect you. You just have to know his word and obey him, not just hear it, but put it into practice. Um, but all that aside, that's not going to happen unless you guys have made him the Lord of your life, which I believe by now most of you guys have. But again, just check with your soul if this is a head knowledge, if just this is just a story I believe, or do I truly believe that? And did I feel a change when I did it with all my heart? Did I feel like that God gave me the Holy Spirit? And now I'm kind of, I feel like I'm a different person. So if you haven't, please um, repeat after me the salvation prayer. And uh, here we go. So just say, dear Lord, thank you for loving me enough to send your son to die for my sins on the cross. I know that I need you. I believe that you are my God and my maker and my father. I believe that you sent your son, your only one begotten son, to pay the price of, of the sin instead of me. I accept this gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus was uh, crucified on the cross instead of me. And he was raised from the dead after three days. Your word says, if I believe in my heart and say it with my mouth, that Jesus is Lord and that you raised him from the dead after three days, I will be saved. I received this gift of salvation. Please help me to live for you from this day on, to honor you and to serve you. I say this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you truly said that with all your heart, then you have you received the gift of salvation and God gave a deposit of the Holy Spirit in you. And um, yeah, just follow just the step guidelines that we went over as to how to hear God's voice. And honestly, a lot of things that you feel like they're impossible, the doors are closed, miss the boat, anything that you feel like is impossible, give your heart to God and he will... He will open doors that are not even there. He will provide opportunities that you could never even think of. He could change people that you thought they could never be changed. Um, the Bible says all things are possible with God, all things. And the Bible says anything is possible for those who believe. So this life of faith is an exciting life. It's not an easy life because you have to deal with a lot of unknowns and you just walk by faith and you trust God. Um, you kind of have to let go of the control that you've been having for a long time because you've been trying to take care of yourself. And now you're saying, I trust you to take care of me. And trust me, he created you to love you and to take care of you and to shower you with his blessings. So I hope this teaching has blessed you. Um, if you want on your own, do some more research on how to hear God's voice. There's tons of information out there that you can research and learn. And it, I believe you'll be blessed by... Uh, learning more and also inviting God to be part of your life every day and just putting that time aside every day to spend time with him. So uh, hopefully it blessed you and until the next teaching, God be with you and God bless you.